Adam Crowley. Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. It is the day before the 4th of July. So I suppose it's the 3rd of July. No one is here in the building. It is me, Adam Crowley. You found the show. Where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. It's Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. And it's shirtless Tom behind the glass. That's all I typed up. I have no other notes. <laughs> I've got nothing else for the show today. We spent an hour and a half smacking a, what is that, a beach ball around in Brian's office. It's up on Facebook Live. You can check that out at www.facebook.com slash Crowley Show slash videos slash 4273513. Just go to the Crowley Show page. One four four two seven five six seven six backslash question mark. Pennsylvania, 65,000. The Penguins signed Matt Cullen, one year, $650,000. And one of the reasons why, according to Jim Rutherford, was that the Penguins had a lack of leadership last year. What? And where did this come from? Tim Benz is all over this at the Trib. You can check him out, Breakfast with Benz. I didn't know the Penguins had a leadership problem. I don't think the Penguins did have a leadership problem. Is that really why the Penguins lost to the Capitals? Oh, hell no. Penguins were behind 2-1 to one in that series, and guess what? They evened it. Leadership. They came from three goals down to beat the Flyers in Game 6 on the road. You don't do that if you don't have balls. You don't do that if you don't have leadership. They battled through adversity to even make the playoffs last year. So it wasn't a lack of leadership. I hate that. I hate the intangibles. I hate the leadership being the catch-all. GMs do it all the time. When they need to tweak a team. We bring in a guy on the cheap. His statistics stink. But guess what? He provides leadership, so now it's all worth it. Look, I think Matt Collin can play. Scored 11 goals last year. It's better than anybody in the Penguins' fourth line. He's better than Tom Kuhnhockel. He's better than whatever other scrubs they're going to throw out there. So I like it from that standpoint. It also doesn't hurt to have an extra leader in the room. But the reason the Penguins were in the position they were in last year was not because of a lack of leadership. The Penguins lost Daly. They lost Cullen. They lost Kuna, Tainzi, Benino, Fleury. Okay, you can say they were all leaders. You can say Marc-Andre Fleury kept him on their toes. You can say Nick Benino, oh, that guy's blocking shots, setting a good example in the playoffs. Ron Hainsey was older than dirt. Chris Kunitz, again, older than dirt, but he scored a couple of pretty darn big goals in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. Then you got Trevor Daly, who... Hey, Sidney Crosby handed him the cup after the Penguins won for the second time in 2016. But did it hurt to lose all those guys because they were leaders? Did it hurt to lose those guys? Did the dressing room bleed because their leadership walked out? No! The Penguins had a subpar regular season and flamed out in the playoffs because they missed the contributions that some of those players made on the ice. What they did off the ice is important, but it's not anywhere near as important as what they provide between the boards. Again, who would you rather have in your fourth line, Kunitz or Kuhnhockel? Kunitz. They didn't have him. 
Sure, they missed his leadership, but I think they would have liked the punch on the fourth line that a guy like Tom Kuhnhockel can't provide. How about Carter Rowney or Matt Cullen? You remember the start of the season? You remember who the Penguins had at 3C and 4C? My God! It was Carter Rowney and Greg McKaig. Would you rather have them or Nick Bonino and Matt Cullen? You'd rather have the latter, not the former. And not just because of the leadership, but because Greg McKaig is a guy. Carter Rowney somehow got a three-year deal. Is just a guy. The Penguins didn't lose, didn't have a subpar season because the leadership of Nick Bonino was missed. The leadership of Matt Cullen was missed. No, they flamed out and they had a bad regular season because they missed the hockey players that those guys were. You know what? It must have been the leadership of Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, wait, you know what it was, actually? It was Antiniemi sucking bleep at the beginning of the season. It was Casey DeSmith being a guy. Yeah, sure, Marc-Andre Fleury's a leader. But they missed his play. Talk about leadership all you want, but the effect on the ice was the reason why things didn't work out in the regular season of the playoffs. Period. And the lack of leadership, sure as bleep, wasn't the reason they got knocked out in the playoffs. I heard a lot about legs last year. I heard a lot about depth. I heard a lot about flaws on the roster. What I didn't hear about, I don't think at any point, was leadership. The lack of leadership. The missing leadership. They didn't need to say that. Jim Rutherford didn't need to say that for me to be excited about Matt Cullen. Matt Cullen coming in and playing well on the fourth line is all I needed to see. Him providing lineup flexibility, that's all I needed to see. And sure, leadership is important, but it ain't even close, I don't think, to as important as that stuff is. And isn't it funny how when players play well and step up in the big moments, all of a sudden they're deemed leaders? I like Mike DeCourcy for the Sporting News. Great guy, opinionated, tremendous dude, tremendous writer. Like the guy. But he wrote about Sidney Crosby not being a great captain before the Penguins wound up beating Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Final two years ago. Three years ago now. Now, Leadership is something that people use to mold their narratives. That's it. That's all it is. Jack Johnson, his analytics have been awful since he's been in the league. He had the worst plus-minus out of any player since he's joined the league. But that guy's a hell of a leader, right? It happens all the time in sports radio. It happens all the time with the opinion makers in sports. And it happens far too often with general managers, decision makers, not just blowhards like me who are talking into a microphone, but actual decision makers say things like, yo, he was brought in for leadership. We need a more leadership. You want to have guys in the room. You want to have that extra set of eyes. You want to have a coach on the bench. I get all that. But 10 times out of 10, give me the crown man, the good hockey player over the better leader. I'll take a cancer who can score. I'll take a guy who's going to bang the wife of the captain as long as he puts the puck in the net in addition to putting whatever he's putting wherever he's putting it. I'm fine with that. Now, again, this is not to say I don't like the Matt Cullen signing. It's just I feel like now it's going to be manufactured and the narratives are going to fly that the Penguins' success last season, or lack thereof, was because they didn't have a leadership. There was a void in leadership. That bite me. That's not the case. I don't buy that at all. I heard a lot about their legs. Didn't hear a lot about leadership.
Heard a lot about them not being deep enough. Didn't hear a lot about the leadership. And now all of a sudden we're going to start writing articles that they didn't have enough leadership. Give me a break. We got Jason Mackey coming up at 420. He, of course, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he talked to Sidney Crosby via email about trying to bring Jack Johnson in. We'll get to that as well. How about Boogie? He's a warrior. And he's going to play for Golden State. The NBA is great for players. They've got all that power, baby. All that power. We haven't really ever seen anything like the NBA right now. In professional sports, we haven't seen this. They drive the bus. They're making decisions for general managers. They're recruiting players. They're bringing them in. They're the guys who are saying, we're going to take the discount. And while I'm always team player and not team establishment, not team owner, how good is that for the fan? Look, I love seeing Boogie Cousins on Golden State because I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have a rooting interest. There's not one NBA team that I love over any other NBA teams, although go Lakers now. Woo-hoo! So I don't care. But when you're talking about the 30 franchises and the fan bases of those fa- franchises, more specifically, they all got to be pissed right now. Hey, way to go, players. Way to get yours. Way to get paid. And they should. They should get a huge part of the pie, and they are. And they should be the people who make the decisions with that power. I like it from a player standpoint. From a fan standpoint, I don't think it's good for the league. I don't think it's good for the league. Off the court, it's badass. The rumors, the trash talk, Joel Embiid last night shooting off tweets trying to get LeBron James to reconsider. That's badass. And even away from the Warriors, I think the league itself is still highly entertaining, but everyone's playing for, like, what, fourth place now? Maybe. The Warriors, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Celtics, 76ers might have a chance. Might. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and the NFL seen a ratings dip, sure. But it's still the most popular sport in this country. And a team with a backup quarterback just won the championship. And think about the teams that are going to contend for a championship this year, or at least have championship expectations going in. The Eagles, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Vikings, the Rams, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Packers, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons all think they've got a shot, which means all them 11 fan bases think that they got a shot, which means all those fan bases' eyes are going to be glued to the TV, and they're going to read articles, and they're going to consume, and they're going to buy jerseys. One of those teams is going to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be shocked if it were any of them. Isn't that better for the league? Isn't it better to have more fan bases engaged, more teams with a legitimate opportunity to win the whole thing? And I'm asking here. 412-922-2874. In baseball, if you're a small market fan, you've got a shot maybe every five years. Maybe. And that sucks, and I think that's why, in some part, why the league is suffering. The NBA ain't suffering yet. But is this the final straw for some people who would like to see their damn team content? I have been pondering this whole thing as it regards the NBA. 
and wondered if maybe it's our fault that this all happened. Like, people want to blame LeBron. LeBron had to go down to South Beach. LeBron had to go down there. He had to win a championship, and of course he had to go do that. He never left the Cleveland area. He never left the Akron area. The guy was in Ohio his whole life. He needed to get away go to college, right? Like, that was what he did in Miami. Yeah, go out, have fun, play at South Beach, and win a couple championships. But is it our fault that he did that to then make all the other dominoes fall? Because the hot takers have questioned LeBron's legacy because of championships. And we do it all the time with everyone. Ovechkin, Manning, Marino. You have to win one to be the greatest, right? Well, that's what we're told. That's what we say, regardless of other circumstances. So Durant, who was already second or third best player in the game, needed to sign with Golden State in order to cement his legacy, right? Or is it simply that players just want to win, and now because of LeBron James, they feel empowered to do this? Again, chicken and egg. Did LeBron go to Miami because there was a tarn of his legacy going on? Was it all the hot takers saying, LeBron, if you don't win, man, you're a bum. Durant, if you don't win, man, you're a bum. I think it had a lot to do with it. We can be the worst, the hot takers, but no one's worse than the fans. And I love y'all, you're my snowflakes, but nobody's worse than the fans. I know this because I kind of am one, but... Think about the way NBA fans have reacted to this free agency. Think about the way that Islanders fans have reacted to John Tavares. And really, it's not just this year. It's every year. It's every year ever. But if Boogie Cousins went somewhere and got a max deal, he'd have been the guy who was trying to get paid, right? If Boogie took the max deal, he's that guy just trying to make money, and he didn't go to the Warriors, right? So he's just trying to make money. He doesn't care about winning. And then that's the sin he has to wear, the scarlet letter on his front. He doesn't want to win. He just wants to make that 40 mil. Now he's taking five and a half. He's getting like Joe Thornton money. Joe Thornton's 55 freaking years old in the NHL. He's making nothing. He's going to Golden State to repair his image, to come back from injury, and to win a championship. And now all of a sudden, oh, you can't be doing that. You can't be taking less money. Now you're a sellout. Now you're just the guy who's buying yourself a championship. You can't have it both ways, fans. He's taking the easy way out. Give me a break. I don't know what the NBA does either at the next CBA. What do you do? Boogie Cousins took $5 million. Hey, $5 million. You want to try to kill super teams? Okay. How the hell are you going to kill that from happening? How are you going to stop that MFR from doing what he wants? You know, tell Boogie Cousins what to do? And because we do, and now to tie it all together, because we do value these championships the way that we do, he will win one this year. And he'll average what, like 10, 9, and 8? Not 8, 10 and 9. You don't think so, Tom? Regardless, then he'll make $40 million next year. Then he'll get the max deal. And people say, oh, now he's just selling out for the money. You people are the worst, specifically on Twitter. Coming up next, back to hockey. How much did Sidney Crosby push to get Jack Johnson here? And did they really have a leadership void last year? Jason Mackey's going to join us from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We also got Rob Rossi at 5 and Will Graves talking ball at 540. It's the Crowley Show. Low of 73. The Adam Crowley Show. Maybe I decide those tits. Teats don't need milking. Oh, it's close. That was close. 
Maybe I decide those te- teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. The Penguins now have Jack Johnson and Matt Cullen. We've had a couple of days to digest it. Joining us now to rehash it is our buddy from the Post-Gazette. He's Jason Mackey. Mackey, how are you, pal? Doing great, Crowley. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I wanted to get this out in the open. Uh, I apologize for drunk texting you during the NHL draft. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, just a little bit hammered. Drunk texting me about the NHL draft. That was, well, I guess not directly about the NHL draft, but about media availability at the NHL draft. Well, we we got around to that, but I started out saying, Mackie, what's the scoop, man? What do you got for me? Dude, you were reporting on the reporters. When I got Mike Sullivan alone, you texted me wanting to know what I had. I was (laughs) writing furiously, and I get this text from you. Like, how do you even know what I have? I'm tapped in on the people who are tapped in. How about that? Dude, my wife didn't even know what I what I had, what I was doing, and here Crowley finds stuff out. This is remarkable. Poor Metzer, I sent him a paragraph and a half. Hey man, what are you hearing? What's going on? What's the buzz there? And he's like, I don't know, man. Sorry. He was he was very nice about it, but you know, uh, Mackie, this Cullen signing that the Penguins made. Uh, did you see it coming at all? And well, did you see it coming at all? Not whatsoever, pal. Not whatsoever, and even to the point that I texted Matt on, um, I don't know what morning that was, Sunday morning, saying, have you made a decision yet on next year? Um, I did, you know, I hadn't, hadn't heard. I, I texted him jokingly when a picture surfaced of him wearing a 412 shirt and said, like, good eyes, pal. And so, you know, I didn't hear anything about his hockey future and he never answered me. And now I figured out why he never answered me. And, and so, no, I didn't see it coming. Uh, whatsoever, and I don't think it was a long time in the making. I mean, I truly believe Rutherford and Cullen when when he says that after they signed Shea and Rutherford picked up the phone and called him, I think there was a period where the Penguins thought that spot might go to Chris Kunitz, but you saw Kunitz get one year, one million. I think the Penguins wanted to save a little bit on that, and so Rutherford picked up the phone, called Cullen. Cullen has been eager to come back here for a long time. Um, has missed Pittsburgh, did not find the city he had here in Minnesota, and so it was a pretty easy deal to get done. So if the Penguins were interested in Kunitz and then obviously did wind up bringing Cullen in, that does lead to the question, do they do they believe that they had a leadership void last year? I don't think it hurts to bring in extra leadership, but I didn't know that they might have had a problem. Do you think they had a problem? Yeah, I do. Wow. I do. And I think that was a, you know, I don't think they were hugely deficient, but they missed a guy with some mileage on him. And I know that they hoped that they could – turn the reins over to Matt Murray and Brian Dumoulin and some young guys. And I, believe me, I think the world of Matt Murray and Brian Dumoulin and some of these guys, but they're just, it's through no fault of their own. They're not 41 years old. If they're not 38 years old, you need to have somebody with a little bit of perspective. And looking back now, Adam, I can, I can see where Jim is coming from. You know, there's just a dose of perspective there that Matt Cullen has in tough situations and playoffs and Kunis as well. Um, that, you know, Jake Gensel might be able to do all the things in the world on the ice, but off the ice, he just doesn't have that yet. And that's no fault of his own, but you need to go out and get one of those guys if you don't have them. And so kudos to the Penguins for acknowledging that. Uh, hot takey radio question upcoming. Are you ready? Oh, boy. And don't think that there's any opinion behind it, but I will ask the question. Does that reflect poorly on the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins? 
No, it does not. I don't think so whatsoever. I think Sidney Crosby is a tremendous captain. I don't, you know, it, that leadership is not a, a one-person thing. You know, it, it, you can't look at this and blame Sid. I, I think, if anything, you look at it and blame Mike Sullivan and, and Jim Rutherford, probably more Rutherford than Sullivan. It's just how your team is constituted. You know, the, the Penguins had a lot of leaders the two years they won the Cup other than Sid. And to quote Jack Johnson, Sid drives the boat. But at the same time, you have to have guys in support roles. And I, I told this story on your show before, but I believe it, it was one of those games in Ottawa. Maybe game four. Um, they had a really bad loss. They played terribly. Matt Cullen was just sitting at his locker stall. Like he was just literally waiting for somebody to come up to him, ask him a question, and then he was going to go off. And I was lucky enough to be that guy. Uh, I noticed Cullen sitting over there. I went up to him first and I said, what would you think, Matt? And he goes, we played like, blank and just went off and then you know colin starts going everybody else sees they all gather around but like that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about like somebody needs to say something and sid will run through a wall for you but he's probably not going to be that guy who stands up and says says something that like everybody turns and says wait he he came out and said what he did what you know sid's just he's too sort of by the book for that in terms of matt cullen's fit on the ice What's his fit on the ice? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to look at a couple different things here, Adam. I think what having Matt Cullen on the phone enables them to do is to kind of sniff around the trade market, and I think they're going to do that. Um, if nothing works out, Derek Broussard would probably be the guy to go. And, again, I don't, I don't think they're going to actively look to trade Broussard. I just think that Jim's going to kind of put an ear to the rails and, and see what happens, and he could if he wanted to. Uh, let's say they come back just the way – they are you know nothing happens i think cullen is probably your fourth line center i think you probably try to bump riley shay into wing um but whatever you do you have some flexibility in your bottom six and then if somebody gets hurt you're probably going to have no issue whatsoever moving cullen up in the lineup he's shown he can do it throughout his career um and so you just have a bunch of other options as for jack johnson and we're joined by jason mackey here on the crowley show uh, yes, the analytics are terrible, uh, but what do the Penguins see in him in terms of skill set uh, that they can hone, and what do you think that they've seen that they like about this guy? Jason? Jason? I'm here, Adam. My phone just cut out on you, I think, or something. I lost you for a second. Are you okay? You got me. Are you good? We don't have him. Call him back. We'll get Jason back. I want to know what the skill set is. I got to know what Jack Johnson's going to provide to the Penguins. Mackey did disagree, though. Penguins had a leadership void last year. Uh-oh. 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 Sidney Crosby not being a good captain. Uh-oh. What happened? What's he doing? I am not there every day like Mackey is. I'm not. So for him to say that, there's something behind it. But I think the loss of the Beninos of the world, guys like that, they matter from a hockey playing standpoint. We got Mackie back. Jason, are you okay? I'm okay. Yes, I was, I was talking. I guess it wasn't going anywhere. Okay, I was scared. Uh, what do the Penguins <laughs> see in Jack Johnson? Well, the Penguins see in Jack Johnson a, a physical defenseman who can play a simple game. Um, he can make a good first pass, and that's not just like fluff for hockey talk or whatever. I mean, there, there are analytics out there that, you know, might criticize Johnson in some areas, but him, his ability to make a good first pass and get out of the zone is very good. Um, 
but they think that Sergey Gonchar can rehab him. They can sit down together and figure out what works in his game. Uh, they're not buying the stuff that happened in Columbus. They're not buying the stuff that's happened throughout Johnson's career. Um, I think the hope is to play him with Justin Schultz and for him to kind of be a straight man with Schultz and enable Schultz to, to do some different things. So uh, the Penguins weren't scared off at all by what had happened to Johnson and Columbus. Are the Penguins better today than they were at the end of the season? I think they are, Adam. I really do. And, you know, I like Matt Hunwick as a player. I like him as a person. I completely understand why Buffalo was interested, but it wasn't going to work here. And so you've taken that player and you've turned him into somebody who, you know, if everything we're talking about works out with Jack Johnson, is going to be a really big fit, potentially a top-four defenseman. Um, I liked Connor Sherry, too, but there wasn't a regular role for him. And so if you're going to tell me that they can take Connor Sherry out of the lineup and put Matt Cullen in, I would have made that trade every day of the week. And other than that, everybody else is coming back. So I, I like what they've done. Um, I don't know. I, I think I might be in the minority there, given some of the fan feedback that I've already gotten. Oh. probably gotten it, too. Um, if somebody was asking me, did Rutherford take too many pucks to the head when he was a goaltender? Because these moves don't make any sense. And while I understand, I think we should all kind of let him play out a little bit. I don't, I'm not ready to crush Rutherford just yet for what he did. I think there is a, a potential that these moves work out very well. And, and can you really criticize a guy in a management team or whatever that has won the past two Stanley Cups thinking, hey, these guys basically did that. We're going to let them go do it again and just make a few minor tweaks. I don't have a problem with that. Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. How much did Crosby push for Jack Johnson? Actually, not much at all, um, which was different than what I had heard um, in all of this. I think it was different than a lot of what people believe. And, you know, I, I think Sid tried to talk to Jack Johnson uh, just about how much he loves Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think Jack maybe viewed that as kind of a push, but I guess Sid just, you know, kind of does that a lot. He talks about how happy he is in Pittsburgh and how friendly of a situation it is. So maybe to Johnson it came off as a bit of a sales pitch, but I don't think in Crosby's mind it was. I know Crosby didn't go to Jim Rutherford and, and – say, like, you have to sign this player or I'm going to take my toys and go home. I mean, it wasn't that sort of deal. Um, but if Crosby vouching for what the Penguins have in terms of team culture and player treatment and whatever qualifies as a sales as a sale pitch, then Sid did do that. Um, I, I just think that, you know, it, it wasn't as overt as maybe all of us thought initially. Jason, I saw the Penguins were ninth in terms of Stanley Cup odds out of Vegas for next year. Seems like that's not the place that they should be. I, I think that the Jack Johnson signing and them not doing anything sexy over free agency maybe rubbed a couple people the wrong way. The way I look at it is if Broussard's the player they thought he was going to be and Kessel is healthy and Malkin's healthy, they might not lose to the Capitals. So I think that they're as good as anybody in the Eastern Conference. I think they're as good as anybody in the league. Yeah, I don't buy that stuff, man. I mean, that's the same service that last year at the Vegas Golden Knights said last. I mean, what, what are we really doing here? I, I don't – I I see a lot of writers, like, put that crap on Twitter. Like, I mean, I guess you're sort of conveying information right or wrong, but I just don't – I don't see how anybody can look at these teams right now and say something's going to work. I mean, I'm sitting here saying, you know, I think Cullen is going to be a good fit or Johnson's going to be a good fit or something. But, like, what do I know? You know, I, there's a little bit of a short bet with Cullen, but you just can't, you don't know any of this stuff until they get on the ice. You know, and Jack Johnson is such a, a wild card at this point that 
yeah, I mean, I understand why Jim made the move, and I, I would bet on Sergey Gonchar, too, and that was one of Rutherford's quotes from Sunday. Um, but is it a sure thing? No. Is it a sure thing that, you know, I mean, the Capitals could go into this thing, and Nicholas Baxter and Kenny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin could all get hurt and be lost for the year. So I don't buy any of that crap. I mean, I know that the Penguins, as currently constituted, if they can play the way they've proved two of the past three years, they'll be just fine. If you look at a good hockey team and how they're supposed to be built, you know, they have a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. They have two of the best offensive players, centers in the history of the game, some really good complementary pieces. I think their defense is as good as anybody in the league, uh, which may sound insane, but on a good day they can be. Uh, and, you know, that's good enough to be in the thick of it, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a guy by the name of uh, Carlson who's still out there who might change the balance of power a little bit somewhere. Yeah, I mean, Carlson or Tavares? Well, Tavares moving, I mean, that's huge. But now if, if Ottawa does wind up moving Carlson, that's going to be big. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, and, and I, we all look at the Tavares thing and say, oh, my God, Toronto and the, the balance of power is shifted to Toronto and whatever. Like, what on the off chance that it doesn't work out? What on the off chance that John Tavares gets hurt? Then all of a sudden we're, we're screwed in that stuff. But, I don't know. I'll be intrigued by the Eric Carlson thing and see, seeing where he goes, but um, I don't know if that's going to make any one team, you know, that wasn't a Stanley Cup contender before instantly a Stanley Cup contender because they got Eric Carlson. You know, I look at Carlson and think his game would look really good in Vegas. You know, they need a player like that, but to me, they're they're right there to begin with. I wouldn't be ready to bury Vegas anyway. I mean, they're going to. I don't think the West is nearly as good as the East, but. When all is said and done, I think Vegas is going to be there, and then you pick up a piece like Carlson. And my goodness, I mean that that really does give you a bit of you know a huge competitive advantage. Penguins are uh, definitely in on Carlson, right? <laughs> we should ask Rutherford the next time. It was it was a riot asking him about Tavares, man, and I, and I was one of the ones doing it too. He's, he's, yeah, he's going to let me know by five o'clock if he's going to be a third line center. <laughs> so they're not in on Carlson. I'm sure those rumors will pop up. They're hilarious. Well, it just, I think Penguins fans are spoiled, obviously, based on the team's success, but it seems like they're always linked to those big fish. So when a guy is out there, someone in the Canadian media always floats, well, watch out for Pittsburgh, watch out for Pittsburgh. So I'd suggest in these circumstances not to watch out for Pittsburgh when it comes to Eric Carlson. Well, the other thing is they're their own worst enemy on this stuff, too. And Jim Rutherford is very aggressive in terms of like <laughs> checking on players and, and looking at things. And, you know, when you do that a lot, you end up getting linked to guys. You know, expressing interest is, like, different than putting a full-court press on potentially recruiting a guy or trying to get him right. or whatever. But the Penguins, will they'll kick tires a lot, and so they get linked and whatever. But, I mean, a guy like Aaron Carlson, come on, folks, let's use our brains. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Jason, appreciate the time, man. Thanks, as always. And uh, I'm going to a bachelor party this weekend, so expect me to ask you about Carlson via drunk text. <laughs> By this weekend, pal, I am not going to be talking hockey with anybody, at least I hope. We're going to take some much-needed downtime. But enjoy your bachelor party. And enjoy your downtime. See you, pal. All right, dude. Later. Jason Mackey, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm texting him this weekend. Dan Rosen telling me Penguins could be in on Carlson. Let me know. I'd just like to state for the record, on the Crowley Show, uh, as we are a journalistic entity, that that's not happening. The drunk text will, but Carlson becoming a penguin, just not at all, at all, at all in the cards. Coming up next, NHL lockout upcoming. 
Maybe. Perhaps. Probably. We'll talk about that. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Cave through driven. Cave through driven. Cave through driven. That was on my wrist they driven. Eyes. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. England and Columbia are going to PKs. Isn't there a bet you got on the line for Friday with Wes coming in about England winning a soccer game or something along those lines? I'll be honest with you, man. You have no clue. I don't even know what the hell the bet is, but I think I have to win these PKs here to not do something. Yeah, but who has to win? England? Yeah, I think yeah, England has to win. And the only reason I remember that is because my piece of paper is still here. That says, go England? That says I picked England out of a hat. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. Columbia, England, and it's a battle of coffee versus tea. Got PKs, man. We it's do stuff. Lots of PKs in the in the closing. Uh... Can I go? I don't want to do play by play, but I want people to know what's going on. So, Columbia's kicking right now. It's the first PK, and now our reaction will just tell the rest. We're probably right, <laughs> right with the music on that. We're probably right nice. on the edge of an FCC violation, but uh, I don't care. Now, if you do it in a British voice, I think it's legal in America. Okay, I think that's how it goes. You can do full play-by-play as long as you're in a British voice. FIFA rules. We've got England lining up for their free kick now. Who's towing this one? Uh, it's the bearded guy. I presume Crouch is his Harry name. Harry Oh, it's Kane. Crouch. He lines it up. <laughs> Makes no mistake of that one. Colombia won, England won. In the PKs in the round of 16. Man, I love 4th of July week. <laughs> There's nothing better than a four-day week. I really believe that. I love the fact that it's split in two. It gives you a nice little weekend in the middle of the week. Like, tonight's like Friday night. That's badass. Um, see, and we're taking a little loosey-goosey on the show today because of that, just FYI. We haven't done a lot of shows lately because, like, for, for talk radio and sports especially, you take off during the summer because that's, like, kind of the dead time. Oh, I'm sorry. We got a, we got a PK coming. Oh, uh, quiet down now. Here he goes. He buries it. He's oh, got a goal. Columbia. A Sorry, Brian. brilliant strike from blah, 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 into the net of the upper 90. Didn't mean to cut you off there. That's all right. No, you, you, what was I saying? You were saying it's dead period yeah, in sports dead talk period radio. Yeah, dead period in sports radio. So we got, this, uh, we got this here holiday in the middle of the week. Like, I really want to take off Thursday because I'd like nothing more than to get hammered by the pool all mm. day long tomorrow. Mm. But I feel bad because we haven't had a lot of shows lately because of your vacation, my vacation, and everything. And I'm off again on Friday. And then you're off again on Friday. So, like, I- I'm struggling with myself. Here we go. England with the strike. Oh, oh! he buries it. Two to two. Columbia, England, NPKs the round of 16. Brilliant strike. England going bonkers. London, Liverpool, Manchester. You're just rattling off places you know. Swan City. <laughs> Buckingham Palace. Big Ben. 
that giant freaking Ferris wheel that they have. Yes, the English Ferris wheel. The big one. Here we go. Ball on the spot. Columbia to kick. I think the goaltender's got this one. I think he's got it. He lines it up. Oh, he pulled it oh. <laughs> Looked left, went right. It's 3-2, to two, Columbia. England with an opportunity to pull even here. It was a classic Jerry Wiggler if you've ever seen one. It really was. Did you see the way the goalie wiggled his Jerry's there? He wiggled his Jerry's all up and down the line. We were supposed to talk about NHL free agency. We'll get to that coming up with Rob Rossi. <laughs> yeah, PKs. Yeah. Columbia's up 3-2 to two right now. Yeah, 11 minutes, Rob Rossi. I mean, we got a lot of time before the season starts. we got all yeah. kinds of time to knock out <laughs> well, NHL e- stuff. E- even more time between yeah. now and the next lockout. Yeah, this is happening right now. Now we got England on the spot. It's Crouch again. It's always Crouch. <laughs> oh! Crouch is Columbia puts England in a fix. Oh, my word. It's like post-war Churchill. Horrific! It's like post-war church. Yeah, his second opportunity as the uh, prime minister did not go well. No, it did not. No, Uh, you're talking the Second World War then. Oh yeah, what did I say? Okay, okay. Post-war, you said. Yeah, I was just making sure. Post, post the Great War. He's around. The Great War was well, Great War Two. Great War Square. Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Your English accent is rubbish. Well, why don't you shove a crumpet up your bum? You shut up, Brighton. Here comes the Colombian man. He can really put England behind <laughs> the eight ball here. The Colombian Holy hell! England gets a second chance at life. It's like World War II. England reincarnated on the pitch. Oh, how do you miss that one off the crossbar and out? Oh, and the British goalie exhales. Oh, that's coming to piss off a drug lord. We've got it tied. Oh, no. Colombia's still in the lead. My bad. Bugger. <laughs> yeah. The guy with the weird pot in his hair. No, no, it's tied, dude. No. No, it's not. No, Could England, be here after Crouch. has got to put this in the England, net. Okay. The, the man with the tattoo sleeve. <laughs> the Crouch. English man. It's Crouch. Crouch again, number 12. <laughs> oh, he makes no mistake. <laughs> he makes no mistake, Crouch. That's more satisfying than the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It went up at 90. That's a beautiful strike. He's picking corners now. Let's see if the Colombian can do the same thing. It's the Colombian man again. His six-pack rippling through his kit. Shin guards. Plates. Are, are being worn. His boots. Only... The little portion of his knee is exposed. (laughs) (laughs) And he runs up to the ball. Oh, it's a save! Crouching save! Looks like he might have needed a little more space between the socks and the shorts for that one to go to the back of the net. If England is able to win this one, coming back from the dead, it will very much resemble the way Harry Potter came back from the dead in the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the movie. Right, you are. 
I'll tell you one thing, Adam. Pickford lived up to his name because he picked it out of the sky. I thought the English goaltender's name was Crouch. It's Pickford. Here now, we go. Crouch, Crouch for the win, number four. With the weight of a nation on his foot. <laughs> That's going to make it very difficult to kick the ball. He should try using the other foot. <laughs> I'm expecting a light kick with the whole nation. Here bro. he goes. And it's Crouch! Oh, the English move on! And tea beats coffee! Hugging and tea bagging going on on the pitch as we speak! It's a pig pile! Men on top of men, underneath of men, on the side of men! There is an illicit tea bagging going on in the middle of the pitch! It's a haystack of crouches! Joey Donuts tweets me at underscore Adam Crowley. <laughs> Paddington Bear and Mr. Bean are going crazy. <laughs> I really wish that that went longer than it did. I need more PKs! I need them too. I don't think that any soccer is getting played until Saturday. God knows it's not being played tomorrow. It's America's holiday. They don't play soccer here. Not, with, not on 4th of July. I tell you what, man. That's some, that's some damn good coverage right there. We may not be journalists... But we just brought you the World Cup PKs between England and Colombia in, in in stellar fashion. That was so freaking illegal. <laughs> <laughs> we, but we did it on a delay. They can't so, hit us there in Russia. That's true. If they can tap our elections, then we can call their soccer games. I think. That's just my opinion. <laughs> we colluded with the World Cup. Man, all those crouches. you got to feel good for them. Yeah, whole family on that team. Robert says, at underscore Adam Crowley, that was pretty funny. No, it was bloody funny. <laughs> we weren't trying to be funny. We are just giving you the coverage. Yeah, just covering the game. Yeah. Serving the people. Look at all those Brits going wild. Now that would be a DVD franchise to behold. Brits gone wild. Anyway, coming up next, Rob Rossi to recap the stellar NHL lockout segment we just had. It's the Crowley Show.